Hello and welcome to Artemisates Live. I'm John Reynolds and this is the podcast that looks at the relationship between our world and the creative arts through the eyes of creatives. On today's episode I'm talking to Mary Potter Kenyon who's a author, public speaker and workshop presenter for community colleges, libraries, women's groups, grief support groups and writing conferences on the topics of writing, couponing, utilising your creativity in everyday life and finding hope in grief. Her upcoming book, which is called Called to be Creative, comes out on the 18th of August and I'm really enjoying this book. It's all about her story of how after her mother passed away she realised how creative her mother was and how through her mother's life she just wanted her kids to be creative as well. So Mary talks a lot about how her mother persuaded her to be creative in her life and used that creativity to inspire others. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. So I'm about halfway through your book and I'm really enjoying it so far. Could you start off by telling me a little bit about how the book came about and like why you decided to write it? Okay, so my mother died in 2010, and after she passed away, I ended up inheriting a lot of her um, writing, and she had some unpublished manuscripts, and she had notebooks where she'd written about how it was so important to her that her children use their talents, and I had started a journal around that time, and so I was just writing about creativity because my mother was such a creative person. She she raised 10 children in poverty. I mean, uh, we were so poor and she managed to, um, she would make quilts. She would make wall hangings for our house. She, so she beautified her home with these things that she was making. And she started doing wood carving at the age of 42 wow. and just like, so she was this tremendously creative person. And I think growing up in a house like that, we saw what it was to be able to, to, I mean, it's like we had no limits. We didn't think there was a limit in what we could do. So after she passed away and I saw what her greatest wish, her greatest desire is that her children would utilize their talents. It started making me think about maybe I needed to be taking my writing that I'd been doing for 20 some years seriously. And so I think it was kind of like a journey for me so I had this journal I was writing about creativity in, and I think the seeds of this book were planted back then. That's um, almost 10 years ago. So it was, okay, you know, what is this? We've got this in us. My mother believed we all had it in us. I believe, you know, I have eight children. I believe we all have it in us. But, you know, where does that come from, and what do we do with it and stuff? So I started taking my writing seriously, but also I found this pencil when we emptied out my mother's house and I, it was in her workroom and I showed my kids and I said look one of grandma's magic pencils Aww. and they're just like rolling their eyes you know poor. well they saw their <laughs> they, they saw their grandmother as creative but they didn't really see their mom as creative you know she's scribbling away on paper and she's you know that's not creative right so I went home and I'm looking at this pencil and I'm thinking you know when I was a kid, I used to like to draw and I used to paint and I used to do all this stuff. So I thought, you know, is that still in me? So I sat down with a piece of paper and this magic pencil and I just started scribbling away and there was a tree forming on the paper and <laughs> I hear a gasp in the doorway and it's um, my daughter who's like 12 years old and she, ah, she said, you, you don't know how to draw. How did you do that? That must really be a magic pencil, you know? And so can I try it next? So it's like, but I had to sit down with my kids and talk to them. You know, this is in you. I mean, this stuff, 
whatever you were interested in when you were a little kid, that's still in you. So I started doing these speeches to like young homeschooling moms. And I'd say, do you think there's creativity in your children? And they're not in their heads and they're all excited. And do you pay money for classes? And you, you know, do you encourage your children? Yeah. And then I'd say, but what about you? And they, they suddenly couldn't meet my eyes and they're looking at the ground and I thought, what is this? What's happening here? Then I talked to the women in the other end of the spectrum, these women in their seventies and eighties. And I'd say, do the same program. And do you believe each of your children have talents? And yeah, they, you know, of course, you know, of course our children have talents and stuff. And I, but what about you? Do you hone those talents that you had as a child? And well, it's too late for me or there's, I'm not talented. And it just broke my heart. So way back then, when I started to do these presentations and with this mother as a muse and stuff, I thought, you know what? I think there's something to this. There's, there, maybe there's a book in this. So that was a long-winded answer to a short question is, that's when the book, I think, was, I, and I just put it in a file folder back then. But I think that's where the book came from is seeing this creative person die and, and with one of her last wishes be that her children would utilize their talents and then meeting these young moms or these older women who think they don't have that in them and just thinking oh we've got it we've all got it so that's what that was the start and then I started digging into the science and the research behind it and and yes there is so it, this book is coming out 10 years after that um, epiphany so to speak but it's just and I get so excited about it, you know, because we've all got that in us and people don't see that in themselves. You know, they hear the word creativity and they think Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, or this famous musician or this famous art artist or this famous um, actor, you know, they don't see that they themselves have it. That's what I love because you try to kind of encourage people to see that because you say that creativity is not learned. It's something that we just have inside ourselves what do you, how would you define creativity because it means so much to so many different people and creativity as you talk about in your book it can range from being actors and painters like you said or even doing little things like sewing school uniforms and things like that how would you define it so that's a big question <laughs> and that's the and that's why when i talk about creativity people think well i'm not creative that's their, their that's their first reaction even if i have seen in them or somebody else has seen in them something creative in baking or gardening or how they relate to other people there's people who have the talent to to um, work with children or to work with the elderly or something so and science has tried to define the word creativity so it's not it's not the first time we're looking at that question but for me it's what you are born with that draws you to certain activities and you can see it in little children. I mean, you can see it in a toddler who wants to help mom bake or, I mean, I would spend hours as a child reading books as soon as I learned how to read. I mean, just, and making poetry that made no sense and was horrible, you know, or drawing, making my own book. I have a book I made when I was 10 years old and gave to my mom for, and she kept it. And I found Aww. that in her things. And I thought, Oh, that was in me. I was drawn to that when I was 10, it was an awful looking book. The drawings were horrible and the poetry was so bad, but my mom saw something in that 
that, so we might not see it in ourselves, but somebody, I hope somebody in our lives has seen it, whatever that is. And teachers would see it and they would say, one teacher in eighth grade said, hey, would you write a poem about spring and I'm gonna put it up on the walls of the school and stuff, you know? It's like, whoa, he saw that, he saw something in me. And if we can have those people in our lives that see that, but what about those of us who don't have that or have worse? I've worked with a woman in her 70s who for 50 some years was writing poetry and wouldn't share it with anybody because when I asked her, she said, it's no good, but it was beautiful. You know, so what is creativity? It's whatever whatever passion, whatever you were drawn to way back before somebody told you you weren't good enough, way back before you, all these rules and you had to do things a certain way and you couldn't color outside of the lines. And it's like you said, it can vary from having this talent for baking to being able to quilt or play music or there's something in our soul there's something inside of us that wants to create and the only thing that's stopping us is our own fear and usually it's because we fear we're going to fail i mean so we don't try because as long as you're not trying you're not going to fail right do you think you have to be talented to be creative because there's a bit in the book where you talk about you played the ukulele for a little bit and you said you had no musical talent whatsoever, but I still interpreted I, that as being creative. <laughs> I think trying was the being creative part. Uh, and I never had a deep seated desire to be a musician anyway. But part of the um, premise of my book is that it's good for us to try different things. So even if it doesn't look like it's supposed to look like, or even if we can sit there and laugh about it, it felt good to try something, even at first when I thought, oh my gosh, my fingers aren't doing this right and everything I'm doing is wrong and I'm looking around and thinking, well, she knows what she's doing and she looks okay doing this and stuff. As soon as I let go of that, because I'm telling everybody else to let go of that, allow yourself to fail, then I started having fun and I could laugh. And so the experience was not about me becoming a musician, obviously, because that's not going to happen and I don't think I have anything in me, I love music, I love listening to music, but I don't think I have anything in me that would ever become a musician. But it was the trying and it was the allowing for failure that was the creative activity. And so that's good for us. It's good for us at any age to try those new things. So how would you motivate the people that are kind of like, I don't have anything in me, I don't have the time, and how would you like motivate those people who well, I think this is exactly the sort of people that your book's for, but how would you, what would you say to them? One of my favorite activities that I do when I do workshops is to have um, the people attending look back to their childhood. And obviously some people have to look a lot farther back than others. And the things that come up in those, in, in having them do that, and I give them quiet time and I just have them, you know, what was it? And I give them examples of, okay, I would sit outside poking sticks at an anthill for hours. I mean, and then watching the ants. <laughs> what a terrible child I was. <laughs> but, but I mean, and then they'll, they'll start to think of things. Okay, what did I spend hours doing? And I, you know, somebody will like, oh, I, 
I, I forgot all about this, but I remember I used to make Barbie doll clothes and I would take, I mean, they were horrible Barbie doll clothes, but I would spend hours at that. And then sh these people get excited about what they were excited about as a child. And I'm talking like ages, what, what we can remember, ages five to 10 maybe is, you know. And then once you've looked back that and made those lists of what it was, what would you like to try again as an adult? I mean, maybe making a horrible Barbie doll clothes is a bad <laughs> example, but maybe there's something in you that would like to sew. And do you sew now? And how, how long has it been since you've tried? And did you take home ec? Because that's what they used to do in high school is they'd have home ec classes and help prepare you. Although I was taking the art and the writing and the drama, <laughs> I was not taking those. So, and then once we can look back, what is it, if money were no object, if time was no object, what would you try? What would you do now? And so looking back at our childhood and then looking at these desires inside of us, because we don't allow for that, because we're too busy and we have a job and we have families and you know, it's just all these responsibilities. And that seems like a, a luxury. Leisure time seems like a luxury. But once we allow for that to be good for us, or to add to our family, you know, it's a good thing for our children to see us being creative. It's a good thing for our spouse to see we have a creative bone in our body, you know, it's just, and it's good for us. Then try one of those things that's on your list of I, uh, if time or, or money were no object. And pretty soon you become more creative because creativity begets creativity. And that's what happens to me. That's what happens. I see this happening to this woman in her 70s because as soon as I convinced her, okay, just submit one thing. You know, just submit one thing, one poem. And what's the worst that can happen? Okay, so they say no. Don't take it personally. And, you know, just, and when she got that poem accepted and she started writing and submitting and she is on fire, she can't stop. To see somebody in their 70s like that, that is so exciting to me because I think, oh, what if she never tried and never, you know, so that's what can happen is once we start allowing ourselves to fail and trying different things, we can get on fire. You know, that's exciting for any of us. I know you've touched on this a little bit already, but why is creativity so important? Because it's not just about making great art. You talk a lot about how, you get up early and like right before all the children are awake and that kind of makes you more productive. And you talk a lot about how it's better for the mental health and how it's mm -hmm. helped you meet brilliant new people as well. So what are some of the important things that you've learned whilst doing this? Well, once I started doing a little research, because I knew it in, you know, you, you can know something in your gut and you can feel it uh, yourself, but yeah. I like to find science behind, behind some of this. So once I started delving into the research, I, when I discovered that making art or being creative, whether it's writing or painting or music, can help heal your emotional wounds and trauma and that they're using it in hospitals or they're using it um, with cancer patients, that was like, okay, this is, there's way more than what I think um, creativity is good for. There is way more that it, it's good for. But I use it myself in grief support because I, I do a grief retreat. And this year, 
if we can meet in person or whether we can't, we'll figure out some way. It's going to be all about creativity. We're going to have people writing through some of the um, trauma of loss. We're going to have them um, make a journey board, like a vision board type thing, and go out in nature. So we'll make sure there's some nature in there because that's healing for us too. And then that quiet, reflective time. So it's all going to be built in there. But, you know, just to stretch your creative muscles and your trying different things to discover what it was that you were drawn to as a child that is so good for you as a person for your personal self I can remember times because I graduated from college and then I had by the time I graduated from college I already had four children so and something in me thought well I okay if I'm gonna stay home with my kids I've got to hang on to something creative. So I had always loved writing. So I started, here I am thinking, oh, I'll just start writing and making a bunch of money, right? Well, it doesn't work quite that way. But I would write and I was so stubborn about it. I would get up at five in the morning to write and I would sit by children's beds while they were falling asleep and write in the dark by the, the light of a nightlight. And, you know, I found, I made time to have that little piece of my creative self. So I hung on to that. And, that, and I remember times when my husband, maybe I was not getting that time that I needed or not. And he'd look over at me and he's, isn't it time for you to like maybe go out and write or something? <laughs> it's nice way of saying, you know what, you're grouchy if you're not doing what makes you come alive. And so I think we all need that. And if we're too busy to fit that into our life, what happens then to our mental state or what happens then to our emotions and stuff? And maybe that's why we're grouchy or maybe that's why we're having a hard time at work because we're not giving ourselves that time that we need to be creative. And you can be creative in your work. You can be creative in your home, but maybe sometimes we need to figure out a way to give ourselves some some time set aside, which is hard to do if you you know are working a lot of hours or you have a lot of children and stuff. But maybe we need to. What I enjoy about reading your story is like seeing the similarities between how you talk about your own mother and yourself and kind of what you've learned from her and you've used to raise your own children. How important is it that? parents encourage children to be creative because there are so many parents out there who wouldn't care and they just they're not interested in that kind of thing they might be more interested in sports and stuff which is still great but what do you think it is about creativity and arts that are so important for bringing up children i think it's sad that our society values making money so much that sometimes we make the mistake of steering our children away from something creative because that's not going to make you any money although we probably all know people who do make money off their um, creative endeavors but and to value to devalue creativity I mean I was uh, horrified when I offered high schools in the area oh I could do a uh, would you, some of your students like to come to this creative writing class that I'm going to do at my workplace to find out they don't have creative writing in some of these schools anymore? And it's like, what? You know, I at least had that. So, and we don't get the funding for the arts like we do for some other things and stuff. As awful as it is to say is, what if this pandemic helps bring back 
some, what if we start to see some value in some of these things? I mean, we're seeing concerts online that are free and we're seeing art classes that are online for free and, and then some, of course, charging too, but it's just like, because something in us during this period of time when we're going through something is being drawn back to those basics of, okay, maybe writing through this can help us. Maybe painting something, this God awful picture <laughs> can help, still help me. Or maybe, you know, so that's, that's what I've been thinking lately is what if, as horrible as it, this experience is, what if we leave and we come back to some of this appreciation for these things that could maybe help us through some of this stuff or, you know, people at home with their children and what am I going to do with these kids? <laughs> and then they, art supply stores are running out of materials because, you know, that's one thing you can do with kids. Let them dig in the paint, draw on the sidewalks with chalk. I mean, just, I'm seeing people do things that maybe they wouldn't have done before and allowing themselves and, maybe laughing over the Pinterest fails or whatever, because this looks nothing like what I was trying to make, but Hey, look what I did. You know? So yeah, there's maybe there will be something good coming out of this that we will start to see, you know, there's a benefit to the, to the arts and to the creative side of our children. But it, my, my, one of my daughters started going to college in nursing and yet she has such art talent. And I, I'm the opposite of some parents. I'm saying, please don't just go towards nursing because it's going to make you money. Don't give up on your art, but mom, you know, I got to go where the, I do have an interest in nursing, but you know, I got, well, she, she called me and said, are you going to, be mad at me because I think I'm changing my major to art and I said why would I be mad that's exactly what I've been saying <laughs> so now she's at home with a baby her husband's a marine and she's making money with doing art um, she's getting more art than she can she's people want her to paint pictures of their dog or Aww. draw pictures of their animals or their their make a painting of their wedding picture. I mean, it's just like amazing that she's finding a way to make money at home with the baby, with her art. And I'm just, I couldn't be happier because that's all we want for, I hope that's all we want for our children is for the, for them to find their passion, for them to practice their passion. And I've told my kids, if, if you could find a job that fits in with that passion, that it doesn't even feel like a job, that's, that would be amazing, you know? And we can find ways to be creative at any of our jobs. I, I never forget that, but it's just like, you know, don't, don't go for something just for the money. If your heart isn't in it and if it's not going to, I mean, I've had a job that I thought was going to kill me because I literally, I had no time for my own writing. I had no time for any of the workshops that make me feel alive. And it, it was always this deadline and my eyelids started flickering and my jaw hurt because I must have been clenching my teeth at night. My hands hurt because I realized I was clutching the steering wheel. So <laughs> I ended up in the emergency room twice thinking I was having a heart attack because this, and I finally thought, this job is killing you. You know, you got it. Even if you have, even if you um, have to take a pay cut or, you know, you've got to get, even the doctor said the second time I ended in the emergency room, something has to change in your life. 
And I realized, oh, for 18 months now, I haven't been doing any of my own writing. So thankfully, I did find a different job, and I, and I see benefits for what I had. I mean, there was things I learned that I couldn't have got the job I got without that job. But it's just like, you know, yeah. Well, what you said reminds me of like myself and my parents because my big hobbies are like filmmaking on like a low budget and music as well. But I went into university doing history because I thought that would be more likely to get me employed. I still absolutely love history, but my mum was still like, don't give up your filmmaking, don't give up your music, don't give up all of that as well. Do you think creativity is just linked to art or do you think it's needed in different aspects of life as well? It's, well, first of all, wonderful mother. (laughs) Yay (laughs) Yay that she's encouraging that in you. Um, That's good. We don't all have that. And I had that too. So, but I see people who don't have that. Um, If you think about NASA engineers or different people that have to be creative in their jobs, and we really need them to be creative in their jobs, sometimes people forget that you you can be like that in your job and and those people are very important so it's not it's not really just art it's not always painting or writing or or playing an instrument it is being able to think outside of the box we need people in all aspects of our jobs to be able to think outside of the box because that's when you come up with these great solutions and and I can't, one thing that's happened with some of my business meetings going online is we are brainstorming for our, for our, because I'm working from home right now and my team gets together and we're brainstorming. Like we did not do, I mean, we did a little bit in the office, but it's like amazing to me what four heads can come up with that one brain can't. And so and so we're trying different things and we're thinking outside of the box and we need that in all of our, whatever job you have or wh- whoever, if your coworkers, wh- wherever you work, you need that. You need that. And that's creativity. And maybe people don't see that as creativity, but being able to think outside of the box is very important. Could you explain what, about the, um, the crayons metaphor? Because you talk a lot about this feeling of like an adult is taking your crayons away from you as a kid. Could you explain what that means? So it wasn't me who originally said that. And oh my gosh, I, I believe it's Hugh McLeod who said that, that thing in you that um, is saying, I want to be creative is you wanting to reclaim your box of crayons back. But I remember as a kid too, when you're suddenly told to color inside the lines, before that you don't care. I mean, you're just coloring and the, the, the picture's a mess. And so I made sure I never said that to my kids, you know, <laughs> color inside the lines, color inside the lines. And we all have that in us that um, our natural creativity maybe is messy and like a toddler, but then we're suddenly told this is the way to do it. And for me, it was even reading because when I went to first grade, I knew how to read because I had somehow figured it out beforehand because I wanted to do it so badly. And I never forget my first grade teacher snatching a book out from under that, because I was hiding a book underneath my desk and reading, snatching it from me and saying, what are you doing? You don't know how to read. And I said, well, yes, I do. And I started reading out loud and that made her more angry. Oh, really? Because how, how dare this child be reading these chapter books when everybody else is struggling with the... 
Dick and Jane Primer. And I was like, so confused. Like, okay, what's, she said, you, you learned how to read Ron. Well, I know how to read him way past the other kids. So there, there is that somebody's telling us something has to be done a certain way that, you know, we rebel against because we just want our crayons back. We just want, want that book hidden beneath our desks back. We just want to, I can't tell you how many, I mean, I had wonderful teachers too, but how many boring teachers I, I spent the entire hour doodling on paper and drawing and, you know, and stuff. And I still got something out of it because I did okay. I did really good in school, but I just want to, I want to be able to doodle. I want to be able to get those crayons back and color the way I want, want to color. I want that bunny to be pink or that tree to be purple because it's pretty, not because it's reality. So we, I think we all, there's this little rebel inside of us that, that wants that because that gives us a freedom to be creative if we don't have to fit somebody else's idea of what creativity is and yeah there's limits to that i mean we can't do things completely different at our workplace just because hey i'm creative <laughs> how often is that going to get get us away with things but so that that saying about getting the crayons back i've modified it a little bit because i think we all want our crayons back and and when i started a a creativity group at a library where i worked and everybody at the first meeting they weren't even sure why they were there. I used something about, do you want your crayons back? Were you the kid in school who had your book snatched out from <laughs> under you, you know, from under the desk? Were you the, the troublemaker because you were doing things differently? That's why they were there. They said, I don't know what it is I want, but I think that's it. I want my crayons back. So it comes down to that. When you think of the great artists and the great people in all kind of like mediums as well. They are the people that went against the rules. And when you talked about like coloring within the lines, it made me think of like the difference between making something that's, you know, like a really pretty drawing of something that looks like real or making something that's still really well painted, but it's wacky and it's like surreal and it's got all different ideas as well. That's what I got from that personally. Uh Just before we finish, could I ask about how you went about writing the book? Because it's such an abstract and subjective topic yet you still made it kind of accessible to me who's had a different kind of upbringing slightly. And then I think it could relate to so many people and you also made it very personal as well. So how was it tricky to make the book that way or? So way back in 2011, after my mom had died, I had just, I thought, is there a book in this? When I started speaking to people, I just jotted down like, well, if there is a book in this, what would it look like? And so I just jotted down what I thought was a linear progression as first of all, what is creativity? And then, okay, you know, if we, if science is behind this, what does it do for us? And then I knew also that to make the book relatable, I wanted to profile some everyday people in their everyday life doing everyday creativity because we, too many books, it's like, okay, this, this famous person, how did they get, how do they do, how, how are they creative? Well, we can't all relate to that famous person, but we can relate to the everyday guy who turned 60 and decided he's going to retire and start carving wood. <laughs> I mean, okay, there's a normal everyday person who's been working in a factory and working as a supervisor for these all these years, and now he's carving wood? Or there's this young man, I mean, I 
profile my nephew in there because he's a perfect example of somebody who when they were five years old knew exactly what they wanted to do and for his entire life headed in that direction that's not most of us but and he finally I mean he's a garbage pail kid cards artist now and it's that's like okay way back in the 80s that's what you wanted and now you've you've reached that and stuff so I profile creative people in there so all I had was an outline for years and I think a lot of reading on creativity in the in the years in between when I actually started writing the book and I actually started writing the book when I quit that job that was killing me is because I thought okay now now you can do something creative is it time to look back at the creativity book and so I pull out this this outline um, which was also a mess I mean it's if you saw the piece of paper it's a it's a big mess and started doing this research and writing I mean it just sounds like this magic formula right you just okay you've got the outline you start writing and stuff well for me it's partly faith too so I do a lot of praying over all of this stuff so I would wake up with knowing what knowing the person I was going to interview that day knowing I don't know where that comes from it comes from your heart it comes from your brain and it, for me it also comes from my faith so put that all together and pretty soon I'm calling or I'm getting a hold of the publisher who did my other books and say would you want to see this and it was something his wife had asked me back in 2012 you know do you have something in you about creativity because you wrote an essay about it and we liked the essay and stuff so it was a long time coming. Not all of my books are written exactly that way, but they, I do tend to start with an outline of what it could look like. Oh, it changes. <laughs> it changes as you start writing because something, you know, it veers off in a different direction or something, but that's the way my mind works. And I actually work with paper and paper folders. I mean, that's so not most people, <laughs> but something about touching helps me. So I will lay out um, things. I'll even put it on note cards and lay it out. Is this, is this flowing? You know, does this look like it would, and I've heard of people doing that on their walls too, taping cards. And so once I knew, once I started this book, it just, the ideas wouldn't stop. And it was just like, it, it wasn't like it fell together completely, but there was not a lot of struggle because I think it had brewing in my head for about eight years. It was brewing in my head. So I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but, um, and then there's all the editing after you think you're done. Oh no, I always tell people, <laughs> until you hate your book, you are not done <laughs> because you will have gone through it so many times and looking for so many errors and the editor will go over it, and then another editor will go over it, and then a copy editor will go over it. And by then you will think, I am sick and tired of this book. <laughs> then you're done then you are done. And so I have not seen the completed book in print yet, but the day it arrives on my doorstep, I am going over to where I grew up and my, my son bought my mother's house. I am going over there, sitting in the woods and opening that box there. She, she was such a part of it. Thanks so much for talking to me. This is really fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Artibatics Live. I really enjoyed talking to Mary all about her experiences with creativity and how she writes about her mother and how her mother inspired her to be creative herself. I think even though her book is very personal and it does talk a lot about her mother, it's also very accessible to anyone really who's interested in creativity. She talks about a lot of different things I think all creatives can relate to and 
I think more than anything, this book is for people who think that they're not creative and they need some sort of boost. They really might want to try a new hobby or something that they've been putting off for so long. But I think this book will be really good for motivating people just to get creative again and explore different hobbies and things like that. So I really recommend the book. It's out on the 18th of August and you can get it from pretty much anywhere, I think. That's all we've got time for for today's episode. I hope to see you again very soon, but until then, bye bye for now.